to Super Entrepreneurs Podcast. Today we have Joe Casabona with us. Welcome, Joe. Thank you so much for coming on the show. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. No problem, Joe. Tell us more about yourself, where you're coming, calling in from, and what do you do? Yeah, so I'm here in uh, a suburb just outside of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania in the United States. And uh, people always ask me how I do so much, which is probably bad for focusing what I do, but I'm a, a web developer, a podcaster, and an online educator. So those are the three main things I do. I create websites primarily with WordPress. I teach people how to make websites with WordPress. Uh, and I have a podcast about how to grow your small business called How I Built It. Nice. And that's how you built it. Uh, like your your business has been around for a while now. Like is this before the podcast or after? Yeah, that's a great question. So I have been freelancing since high school. So 20 years about now, um, the better part of 20 years at least. And I've been making websites about that long. Um, my podcast came four years ago and that started uh, – shortly before I went full-time self-employed with real stakes, right? So like when you're freelancing in high school and college, there's like, I don't want to, I don't want to put down people who do that. Obviously I did that, but uh, when you decide to go self-employed and you have like mouths to feed uh, and, and uh, you know, wife, kids, mortgage and all that, there's, there's some higher stakes. So I've been self-employed with higher stakes for about uh, four years. Four years. That's excellent. So your your clients are based primarily like corporations or small business, medium size. Yeah. So when I make websites, it's mostly for small to medium sized businesses. Um, you know, I want to help those kind of um, mom and pop shops get going. Uh, my last full time job, I worked at an agency where we did work for Fortune 100 companies like. WordPress and, and um, I'm sorry, uh, like uh, WordPress development for Disney and um, National Geographic and stuff like that. So um, I've, I've developed for a wide range of people. My current target audience, because I'm trying to make my online courses and educational content work, are uh, freelancers and, and small business owners who want to learn how to make websites. So uh, courses that allow you to build websites without necessarily learning how to code because the, the tools we have now are so robust. That's so true. And you know, that's a, it's a boom for online for courses. I personally a big believer and supporter of courses because I, I feel that you spend the money where it's deserved because the people that have the courses in like majority of them, the good ones, they have done it already. You know, you're paying someone to get something that they have already done. So you can, it's just common sense. You can just go so much faster. It's same with having a mentor or a coach. You just go so much faster by you know, giving some little money to someone else and supporting the whole ecosystem of business and getting a lot in return. The value is value-based, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. And so um, I also teach at the college level. I teach at my alma mater uh, the University of Scranton, now online, but when I was living in Scranton, it was in-person classes. And so one of the common misconceptions I already knew wasn't true, right? I'll set up a course and it'll be passive income and I'll make it once and I'll never have to touch it again. Um, whenever I talk to people about wanting to start an online course, I always tell them, that's not going to be the case. Like you're going to have students to support, you're going to need to update that content once in a while, right? Um, 
So uh, that was the first misconception. The second misconception, which, uh, or the mistake that I made was as a developer, I'm like, I could just figure out how to do something. So let's say I wanted to make a course on setting up a membership site and I've never done it before. I'm like, I'll just figure it out and teach people how to do it. That's not how you make and sell an online course. People want to know that you're qualified and they want to read testimonials. They want to see that you've done it first and not that just you can figure out how to do it because they might be able to just figure out how to do it, put the right tools together and voila, you can now like, or go on Patreon or whatever if you really just want to take money every month. Um, but they want to know the pitfalls. They want to know the best tools to use. They want to know... Uh, they want to be told the things that you might have had to figure out the hard way. Yeah, and the things that they should avoid as well. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Like, don't install four membership plugins to try to do four different things. Figure out what you want and then find the plugin that best does that. That's an impressive uh, client lineup that you mentioned there. You, you, you put it in there very <laughs> nice and easy, but they're big names. Yeah, uh, thank you very much. I'm so uh, the company I used to work for, Crowd Favorite. Um, I learned so much there, and I, I can't thank them enough for the experience that they gave me. Um, but I'm a huge Disney fan. I don't know if you could see, like right here, there's like some Disney artwork in the background. Um, see it a little bit. And so the fact that like my first project when I got to crowd favorite was something for Disney world. And then I kind of, I was the guy that got put on the Disney projects. Cause I was like such a huge fan. That just meant so much to me, but um, yeah, my, my experience before that uh, and my willingness to learn uh, opened that opportunity for me where I got hired by an agency. They knew, um, you know, they, I, I had written a book on, on WordPress development. And so they saw that, um, but as far as working at the agency level, um, they like really trained me up pretty fast on how to deal with like huge enterprise clients like Disney. Yeah. And then it comes, quality comes from passion too, right? When you have the passion, it's just common. It'll just increase the, the amount of quality that you put into it. Yeah, absolutely. I knew. So before crowd favorite, I worked in the IT department for my college as, as well as teaching on the side, I, I worked in their IT department and I knew that I was losing the passion to work there because I felt like I was falling behind. I was talking to contemporaries who were working at agencies and, and other places and they were learning skills that we weren't learning. And in, in higher ed, um, I almost like to compare higher ed to like big giant corporations without like with half the budget. They move at the speed of big corporations, but they don't quite have the, the same money. Um, so trying to bring change there was hard. And I didn't, I didn't want to be the smartest person in the room, right? Especially at like whatever I was then, 26. I didn't want to be this, the, the guy that everybody came to. So I knew it was time to leave and then crowd favorite uh, hired me. And then, you know, the transition from there was more based on, on family life. So my daughter was just born and working for an agency you you need to be available nights and weekends sometimes when you're having big launches um and i didn't want to you know i didn't want to miss time with my family so i i struck out on my own and luckily my wife supported me and i had uh enough of a network to be able to do it and so that's but to to bring it back to what you just said passion is the thing that has to drive you no matter whether you're full-time employed somewhere else or you start your own business 
And you've done pretty, like, it's pretty amazing. Your network is quite, quite large and, you know, your podcast as well. Like four years, you accomplished a lot. Like how, was it a struggle? Was it, was it easy? Any recommendations to anybody? Regarding yeah, so I had a, like a small amount of hubris starting um, four years ago because um, something that seemed to strike the entire WordPress agency world was um, a, a, we had to work a lot harder to get work. And so sometimes payroll was a little bit behind. And four years on, I don't think this is a big secret. Um, I think that a lot of companies struggled at that time. And so my side hustle, right, the podcast and me just doing work on the side was the thing that um, helped us make ends meet. Not that, not that we ever went, like our paycheck was always like, maybe a couple of days late, but we never really straight up missed one. Um, so just, you know, keeping that in mind, but my side hustle made me, made my income more predictable, especially at a time when my wife was going on maternity leave for a few months and stuff like that. So going into it, I was like, Psh, my side hustle can pay us. Like I, I can, um, I can just do that. Uh, but it's interesting how much money your side hustle seems when you have full-time guaranteed income versus when it's your only income. So uh, all of that long preamble was to say, I had some work lined up when I left, but I quickly learned a couple of things. One is to always have a pipeline to avoid that feast or famine. And the other is that selling products, which is ultimately what I wanted to do because um, I didn't want to trade time for money. Um, selling products is not necessarily the same as selling services, right? Because selling a service something I'm very good at. I can sit one-on-one -on -one with a potential client and I can paint a picture of what they can have for them. Hey, you have an auto body shop. Well, what if people could just sign up on your website to grab appointments? What if they could prepay before they even get in the door so that you're not stiffed on money if that's a problem you have? What if you could assess the car before they come in and it's a much better experience, whatever. Um, right? So like, that's like, great. I just sold a $10,000 website. Selling a $50 product is a lot harder because I don't, it's, it's impractical to talk to each potential customer one-on-one -on -one and be like, this is why this course is perfect for you. So you need to get into the art of solving problems. Like what's the problem that most people are trying to solve and writing um, copy to convey that you know and understand that and you're qualified to make it. So when I first started, I was super bad at that. Um, but luckily I have some good mentors in the field and people I was able to talk to and I'm a lot better. I'm not, I'm not perfect at it, but I'm a lot better a few years on. That's amazing. And so it's for, uh, how many kids do you have? I have two. My, my son was just born, my second son, or I'm sorry, my second child, my first son was just born in July. Congratulations. That's great. It's all Thank you. Typical with the, with the, what's going on with the hospitals and stuff. It was really interesting because um, my, my friend who's in uh, my mastermind group, um, she also had a child like the same week, but in a different place across the country. And um, so for her, her husband could, le could leave the hospital and come back the next day. I was not allowed to leave the room. Like once I was in the hospital, I wasn't allowed to leave the room. Um, meals were paid for and brought to us, which was nice because otherwise I would have had to pay for my own meals. Um, but I was not allowed to even leave the hospital room and same with my wife. Um, even, uh, my son, Lewis, uh, 
my experience with my, our, our daughter was that if we were having trouble sleeping, like they could take the baby out and put them in like the, the baby room so that we could get a few hours of sleep, like without a crying baby. Um, but they, uh, they didn't, they took, they took Lewis out of the room as little as possible. Um, and, but then the, the flip side of that was because everything went pretty smoothly, uh, we were out of the hospital in, in like less than 30 hours when usually it's like a, at least a two night hospital stay. So, um, you know, take the good with the bad, free meals out early, but we were stuck in that room. <laughs> oh, that was, uh, but it's, it's memories, right? It's, everything is, is exciting, you know, especially when that, when you bring someone into your family, that's just in general, it's, it's just the happiness of it, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, when I was younger, I always said, I'm the oldest of four boys. So I would always joke and say, like, I just want my, my first kid to be a, a boy because I know how to handle boys. And uh, then we were graced with an amazing daughter, of course, which made me a better father for our second, who is a boy. And so it's just very rewarding. Um, you know, the sleepless nights in the first few weeks are, are totally worth um, all the joy that, that your kids bring you. No, yeah, like I have, I'm blessed with three. So I have a, a 13 year old, he just turned a teenager, a boy. Wow. I have a ten-year-old girl, and then I have a six-year-old boy. Wow! I mean by having a girl, so it, it does bring it brings a different uniqueness um, into the family. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and you know, you I mean, I don't know if this is going to sound one way or another, but you approach things. I feel like I approach things differently, at least um, having a girl than I than I otherwise would with a boy. It brings it together. Like I feel yeah. like. Having a daughter brings family more connected, you know, like the boys are like always fighting, running around, you know what I mean? It just calms the situation down, you know, the family just is calmer. Yes. And, and my daughter is already like so excited to help take care of her little brother. Like she, um, you know, to, she's three and a half uh, and, and the things that she can do bring a, bring a bottle when I need it, or, you know, just like comfort him and play with him. It's just, really amazing i i suspect that i was not like that when i was three with my brothers <laughs> a unique type of love you know it's a unique type of, uh, of 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 a connection when you have a daughter you know my my brother has three daughters and he always used to say that before i was married too he said there's such a blessing so you so have because it it it's it's and having boys, of course, is a blessing too. Like there, it doesn't really matter, boy or girl, but it's just the point of the mix. You know, it just feels good. Yeah, to have. yeah absolutely. I th I thought a lot about that earlier this year. You know, uh, Kobe Bryant. It's maybe hard to forget because of everything's going on. But you know, when Kobe Bryant um, unexpectedly passed away with his daughter in, in January, and um, like the hashtag girl dad was trending, and like it made me a little bit prouder to be a girl dad and, and to know that, um, you know, that I'm hopefully raising her to be strong and opinionated like her old man. So, um, you know, it's just, it is like really, really rewarding. So for, for the, for the actual uh, courses that you do to teach people how to create courses, is that for any, any uh, niche or uh, is it specific to a niche? Yeah, that's a really good question. So that, that course specifically is basically me teaching you how to teach uh, because I've been doing that uh, for over 10 years as well. And it was mostly in the classroom, but 
how to how to structure a course and 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 aid in learning um and then the 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 struggles of doing something in in the classroom versus online so for example when i was teaching in the classroom and i wanted student feedback they were a very captive audience either they raised their hand or i just picked somebody randomly you can't force anybody to participate in an online course so you need to make it compelling to do so and you need to add that community aspect more than you than you do in an in-person classroom setting and that's usually the tough part is the engagement right yeah absolutely uh, you know i have several hundred students uh, in, enrolled across all of my courses, but that was a lesson that I learned too late. Like I learned that after, um, you know, one of my big enrollment periods. And so I've been trying to kind of retcon that, but the students who already went through the course don't necessarily want to go back and, and interact with the community. So now I'm kind of rebuilding that community as, as I launch more courses I'm encouraging them right from the outset to join the Facebook community. Um, every action item in, at the end of every single one of my lessons encourages them to do something and then share it with the group or get feedback from the group. And so I'm seeing more interaction now, but if you're getting ready to do a big launch for an online course, have some community aspect ready, whether it's Facebook or Slack or Discord or forums, whatever you think will work best for your audience. So you, you have a course of your own that teaches people how to do WordPress sites, but you also teach people how to create courses as well. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. So this is, um, this is my third big piece of advice for your listeners is uh, pick a good niche or niche and stick with it, right? Because I do too many things, and I, I realized that like last year, and I'm, I'm trying to consolidate my messaging and so ultimately I would just I, I just thought like the most important thing was to put out a ton of content especially if I want a membership people want to perceive high value so I just kind of made courses on everything I knew I was an expert in but what I should have done and, that, and I'm doing now is creating a journey for my students so for example yes i have a course that teaches you how to use the new wordpress block editor for example that's my maybe my mo most popular course i have a course on how to build websites with beaver builder which is a popular page builder then um i have uh, an html course so if you want to customize your wordpress site html and css i, I have a book about that too um, and so those are like the, here's how to use WordPress. Here's how to build WordPress without code. If you want to customize, here's a little bit of code. And then we get into kind of the more um, specific areas. I have a course on how to build your own online courses, which you can do with WordPress. So I integrate everything they've learned at that point, or that's the long-term plan. And then my podcasting course, which is the same thing. It's how you launch your podcast and how to build a podcast website with WordPress. So it's almost like a four-year college where you learn the basics. By the end, it, it, you're learning how to build specific sites and launch specific things with that undertone of, and here's how you do it with WordPress. This is quite interesting. So, yeah, you put, and they're all interconnected as well, right? Like, it, it seems like they're all connected. Yeah, and that's the, that's the important thing um, for me, right? Because I, I sell my courses a la carte. So somebody can go in and buy the one course that they want. 
I really want the memberships though, because it builds a better community. I get better feedback from people who are more engaged. Um, and so I want to make sure that if somebody's buying the membership, they're not just doing it for the one course because financially it doesn't make a lot of sense for them to do that. Um, I want to make sure that when they're ready at whatever stage, maybe they came in to learn WordPress and now they want to build their first website on their own, or maybe they're a freelancer and their client just asked them how to start a podcast. And, and I want them to be able to use their membership on my site for that too. Have you seen an increase in podcast launches? Yes. Uh, that, um, so I've seen that. I've seen a lot more people interested in my free podcast resources and uh, as we record this, I'm working on the next um, section of that podcast course, which is how to make money podcasting. So lots of people are reaching out to me for consultation or through my free resources to, on, on how to launch a podcast. And you, you have, uh, you have a, 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 you're quite large. In how many countries is this podcast of yours? Like, it's, um, I, I haven't checked recently, but it is in uh, 30 or 40 different countries, which is wild because it's like... It's, wow. I'm just English. I'm just English speaking. So, uh, yeah. So biggest audiences in the United States, of course, um, cause that's where I'm based and that's where most of my guests come from. But, uh, China, Great Britain and Australia are also pretty high up there. China was a surprising one. So. Oh, that's, uh, that's amazing. And then you have developed and you went through all the, the pitfalls and all the issues of, of getting to this point and you've done it. So you're able to share that with others, right? That's what's important. Yeah, absolutely. And, and some of them, I mean, some things are so common. So like, I think it's less common now, but I didn't know I needed a specific audio host. Like I was like, I'll just upload the audio to WordPress. And then like, thankfully a friend stopped me from doing that. She was like, you can't do that. I was like, so I signed up for a Libsyn account. I've since moved to Castos, but, um, but some of the things uh, that are common mistakes are still mistakes that I see in that my site or my course specifically uh, teaches about. So like a lot of people just share their Libsyn feed or whatever, like their Libsyn URL. I think a podcast needs a dedicated website because that's how you're going to capture your, your audience, right? Because subscribers and downloads are great, especially if you want sponsors, but if you want lead generation, if you want to make money off a membership in the future, you need a way to directly reach out to people. So building your email list is so important. Um, that's something that I hopped on the bandwagon late with too. Like after my show took off, I was like, how do I talk to these people? I need to start building my list. So um, stuff like that. I teach you how to build, uh, again, how to build a podcast website with WordPress how to build your email list or at least some, some ideas for building your email list and why that's important. Stuff like that. That again, I've learned the hard way that I probably lost money on because I started too late. That's it, right? That's why you pay someone that's already been there. So you don't have to waste money on stuff that's not necessary. Um, for you, what are your future plans for the next, you know, two years or so? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Something I think about a lot, uh, especially because I, I have two kids. My wife wants to at least drop down to part-time or maybe be a stay-at-home mom because we're probably not stopping it too. Um, but uh, I want to do less client, less and less client work because I still do some client work. It's, uh, it's just, it's the easiest thing for me to get because 
I have a strong network and strong networking skills, but I want to do less and less than that. I want to sell more and more memberships and I want to transition my podcast income from primarily sponsor driven driven to primarily crowdfunded. Um, because uh, I know that that's a, that's, I can't just flip a switch and do that. Right. Um, I love my sponsors. They have kept my business afloat for the last four years. Like my podcast miraculously took off at the right time and people want to sponsor it and it accounts for a good amount of my income, but you don't want any part of your business to rely on one big client, one main revenue stream, right? Like, um, so I want to try to diversify that and maybe I can lower my sponsor rates and let more people sponsor the show, but also, yeah, get more members or crowdfunding people who want bonus content or more access to me through my membership. So that's, that's the long-term goal. I'm starting to implement that a little bit now, but I know that it's going to be a process. That's incredible. Amazing stuff. And we always like to ask our guests because, you know, super entrepreneurs podcast, we want to know what do you find that is your, your superpower, your inner superpower that you feel that you have that got you to this spot today? Well, I have mentioned it twice. You might be able to tell I like to talk. Uh, I'm a programmer, but I'm like one of those rare, like extrovert programmers. Um, And uh, I would say my superpower is networking. I'm, I'm good at just generally talking to people. I think that's what makes me a good podcast host too, is I'm generally inquisitive. I, uh, I can make connections and then cultivate those connections. Right. Because I mean, talking to somebody random at a conference is like awkward. Like, Oh, what do you do? I see your name tag. Um, and then trying to turn that into a business connection is like even weirder. Cause it's like, yeah, we, we awkwardly shook hands and now I want your money. But forming the relationship is something that I cherish, especially cause I work from home now. Um, and I've, you know, barely left the house since March. <laughs> um, uh, so, um, I really cherish that and I, I love doing it. So I love cultivating those relationships and that's really, that's been the, the one thing I think if I had to pick one thing that's helped me keep my business going for four years. That's so such a good point because relationships is the foundation, you know, and then to build on those relationships and to continue on and having good people in your network and because generally everybody's good, you know, so you, you building upon those relationships are so critical that people don't realize, you know, they're, they're entrepreneurs, but they're lacking the relationships. They're investing the time and effort to build those relationships. So important. Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, I, I, it's, it's really important to want to form that relationship too, right? It's not just like, Hey, I think I can make money off of you. People see right through that. But if it's like, I think that we have something where it's more of a symbiotic relationship where we can mutually benefit each other. That's the type of stuff that goes such a long way. Anything you do with passion or anything that comes from within people can tell because we're all like forming, you know, one big energy. So when, when you're, when you have our intuition can tell us what the other person is feeling and doing and thinking what their point is here talking to me, but having the relationship and you really actually feel like having a relationship with someone, they can both tell. You can't hide that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what, that the passion thing that's come up in this, in this talk a couple of times too, it's like, 
that's another thing that I tell my students, especially people who are starting a podcast, right? So when people will be able to tell if you think that you're just starting a podcast because you think you can make money, you need to love the thing that you're talking about. Just like you need to be passionate about the relationships that you're forming and passionate about expanding your network. So like you said, people can tell, you know, it's, we're very intuitive. Yeah. For me, like I'm known, like people that know me, my family and friends, if I'm not into something, I just don't do it. Like I will just, I'll avoid it. I'll, you know what I mean? Like I've, even when I worked in a corporate office, I was, I was like that. And they would, they would, they would make it, they would actually turn it into an entrepreneurship thing, like a business. Yeah. I remember <laughs> they would say to me, say, look at this project. This is an amazing project. Work hard on it. Just think of it like a business. Think of it like you're doing it for yourself because he knew what, you know, what, what triggered, right. What, what triggered me. And yeah. I always, remember that because he knew that if he said it that way, I was going to take an extra effort into it because passion, the reason why it comes up is because I feel it's important in anything that we do. Like for me to be this podcast, I had to pivot, you know, with this COVID, all this stuff happened. Mm -hmm. I always wanted to kind of impact more and more people. So this podcast was the best way. And then we had to kind of calculate what I want to talk about. Who do I want to talk about? I love business people. I love entrepreneurship. Let me talk to entrepreneurs, right? So that's how it's all. And I'm fairly new. I'm in the stage where I'm growing, trying to grow um, and meeting, you know, amazing people. Um, and, and that's where we are. But, you know, is there any other kind of um, recommendation or advice that you can give audience before we you know, say bye. Yeah, I think that, so I, I heard, um, I heard this on maybe a different podcast or in a YouTube video that if you're not willing to invest three years of time into something to try to make it work, then maybe it's not the best thing for you. I think that especially now with the internet, with the success stories we hear, um, that people think that there are a lot of things that will get them rich quick. And, it's, it's maybe if you're that unicorn, right? If you're the Mark Zuckerberg or whatever, but even, even Mark Zuckerberg, Elon Musk, these people that we've, we've heard about and we know Steve Jobs, we see them when they're standing on the podium, accepting that goal, that gold medal, right? If they're, if, um, what we don't see is the years and years of training that went into getting them to that spot, right? Steve Jobs built Apple, it was a hard road for him. I mean, like the, the first couple of years where they did the Apple one and the Apple two, great. But then they released like the Lisa, like nobody's ever heard of the Lisa. Um, and then Apple kicked him out and then realized that we probably need him and brought him back. So um, when you, behind every big success story is a tough journey. And if you're passionate and if you have the right relationships, you will, you will make it through that journey onto the other side. Such a great, great advice, and I agree 100%. And I also, what I would like to add on to that is I also feel the audience could benefit by, you know, working on mindset as well because I found that, you know, there's so many of these products available and, and you know, create your own course, create, bring your knowledge online. All these things are happening. And it just is sad when you see people go into it and it doesn't, they don't, they, like you said, the three-year mark, yeah. you know, see that three-year and try and they kind of, you know, they say, okay, this is not working. But if they had the proper training on mindset before they, they start any project, because remember, there's, there's like, you could find the same business, 
same type of neighborhood, same type of, of, of environment and products and services. One is making a killing and doing amazing and the other isn't. You know, the only thing that stands between the two is mindset. So I, I think mindset as well on top of that would be a quite beneficial to people. Yeah, absolutely. And, and to that point, right, people, I said at some point, I could, have made, I could have made Facebook. Technically, that is true. I had the skill set to build a website where you could friend people. Yeah. But mentally, no way. Because I would have never accepted venture capital, right? I would have never dedicated my nights and weekends like that um, or, or trusted uh, you know, trusted like random people enough to help me build this. I, I could have built a website. I could not have built Facebook. It's so true. And plus it's the, that mindset, like you said, is such a good example because you are prepared. You're not, you're not looking at it like that. You'll do it, but you're not looking. There's different, the, everybody has the same mind. It's just how we are utilizing it or how we're thinking about any project or any business, right? It makes a huge difference. Yeah, absolutely.